Welcome to the Daniel Burke Show. I want to create a hundred episodes of podcast. The longest Snapchat I've ever felt. One a day. Coming on. No real purpose. Coming on. No real topics to cover. Coming on. Just me talking. Coming on. Coming on. Three, two, one. Yo, 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 what's going on, guys? Welcome back to day 15 of the Daniel Burke Show. Thank you for joining us today. If I've done it correctly, that intro you heard at the beginning of the podcast is a new addition for this episode and for the next future episodes for the next 85 or so after this, unless I decide to change it. So, first of all, I'd like to thank my man Joey Jackson for setting that up for me. Uh, I have no, next to no talent when it comes to instruments, but uh, he threw something together. It's kind of an inside joke between me and some close friends, so I love it. And what have I been up to recently? Well, today I volunteered at the RSPCA, which is uh, like a, an animal shelter in my home, home country. And essentially I got to, all, all I did was I got to learn how to interact with dogs and cats they're the two main animals they have there. Oh, actually, I held a snake. That's a pretty cool feeling. If you've ever held or never held a snake before, it's unlike anything you'll ever you'll ever feel. It's literally just a long tube of muscle. It's crazy. Uh, and yeah, I got trained trained in how to how to interact with dogs better and how to interact with cats better. And then essentially, just spent the last few hours playing with some puppies, playing with some older dogs and just giving them treats and whatnot. Awesome day. And there was about 10 of us there from Apple in a community event. It was really good fun. And so, what about Valentine's Day? Well, I got my, uh, I got my mum some flowers. <laughs> she was really stoked with that. It's one of my favourite favorite things to do is just give someone flowers. It's such a simple gift, but it, it means means so much more and they look incredible and it's easy so what's this episode going to be about well I think I need to finish this fitness journey series so I can I move on to some other topics but uh, not to say that I'm going to rush it or anything but let's just see how we go so I think last time I took off I finished off the episode on how I how I got leaned out for the show so now I might my, my bodybuilding show I did in, in May 2015. I might just talk you talk you guys through what it's like competing in a bodybuilding show and then what did I do afterwards to sort of maintain being so lean and gaining muscle at the same time or whatever. Just virtually from May 2015 to where I am now. Almost two years on. So my, my boy Dave and I, we were competing in, in men's physique and I was also competing in men's fitness model or something like that. The criteria for each division weren't really that different. I like Except for the, the color of the shorts that you wore, it was kind of strange. I think it's just a, a marketing ploy because I had to pay something like $150 for each division I entered in, not to mention the $175 annual fee I had to pay to the IMBA and so which IMBA is like 
International Natural Bodybuilding Association. And, but the natural part of it is a bit questionable, questionable, I'll tell you that much. So, I personally haven't taken any performance enhancing drugs ever, and I don't plan on to in the near future. I know people who have, and they look phenomenal, but taking the drugs, I'm not against it, don't get me wrong, like I just, I just don't feel like doing it because I don't, one, because they're expensive, two, because I don't know much about it, and three, I can't really be bothered, to be honest. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. But let's get into how, how I started on the show. So I lean down, I'm ready to compete. I got to the, I got to the stage, it's like in an arena. I got to the, wherever the event was being hosted in Brisbane. Me and, my, me and my mate Dave, we had some mates there as well. And so, much like our 2013 competition, we are, there's tanning booths available there. So why do you get a tan when you compete in bodybuilding? Well, because everything looks better with a tan, apparently, society tells you. And also the downlight reflects better off darker skin as compared to white, white skin, which, which is what I have. I have really, really white skin. And so, we were out the out the back of the entire complex, just in our underwear, painting each other from head to toe in this substance called Dream Tan, and I believe it was a bronze colour. And so we're just out the back, like, finger painting each other, essentially. And the first layer that went on, like, this stuff is, if you imagine, like, deep, like, clay that you've excavated out of deep soil, and it's just thick, thick, like, mud-like paste, and imagine smearing that over your entire body. I had almost no body hair at this stage because I shaved it all off because body hair affects how you look under downlight and whatnot. And so, we painted each other for about an hour. I've got a time-lapse video of it. It's pretty funny. We went from, I went from completely pale to completely black. And so, after we painted each other, we, we sat out the back and just started lifting some weights to get our muscles pumping and get the veins showing and things like that backstage. We took out one of our friends in, jo- Joey. He's, def- he's one of my training partners at the moment because Dave's overseas. He's actually coming back today. That's where I'm heading tonight. I'm going back to a, I'm going to a dinner with everyone to welcome Dave back. So I'm looking forward to that tonight. But yeah, so we're pumping up backstage and Dave's a bit taller than me, so he was in the division above me because it was all height classes. So I'm cheering him on from behind the stage. He goes out under the lights in front of everyone. And when we got backstage, we kind of noticed immediately that uh, our tans were far more darker than what they should have been. Like, we, if you imagine everyone's like milk chocolate, brown, we were full-blown dark chocolate, like full, full-blown. We were burnt to a crisp, essentially. We were way too dark. Everyone just used the tanning booths. I don't know why we didn't, we didn't use them. We just decided to paint ourselves anyway. Paid all this extra money for, for tanning lotion and whatever. And we're just sitting outside painting ourselves the wrong color of, of tan. And that was pretty funny. And then... I'm backstage and we're all lining up so there's like, you imagine 20, 
20 bodybuilders behind, or 20 men's physique competitors behind this curtain getting ready to go out on stage. And everyone's chatting like, oh, hey man, what's your, what's your journey like and all this sort of stuff. And I'm overhearing some other guys chatting and they're saying, uh, hey mate, like they recognized each other and they ran into it, like they sort of caught eyes with each other and they said, oh, didn't I see you at the WBFF show three months ago? And these, and they, they both agreed that they both saw each other there. They recognized each other from that show. And if you don't know, that show is, is kind of, that league is anything goes. So performance enhancing drugs are okay. And one of the criteria to compete in the INBA, the International Natural Bodybuilding Association, is you've been performance enhancing drug free for at least five years. So I already, like immediately clicked on, okay, that show was three months ago. That, that's, that's not five years yet. And what happened next? I couldn't believe it. They were just talking about like their, their steroid use backstage. They were just saying, yeah, I got off I got off steroids about six months, six weeks ago so that I could compete in this competition. And I'm sitting here like 71 kilos, tans way too dark, probably the one of the lesser lesser looking guys in the back in my own opinion and of course maybe everyone else's, I don't know, whatever. Uh, I'm just like, wow, everyone else is, like, who else is competing here that's, that's taken performance enhancing drugs? And IMBA, of course, doesn't do any testing, so, hey, it's just, honesty is the best policy, right? But, regardless, that was, that was a bit of fun. I got up on stage and stepped out onto those downlights. I had some friends and family in the crowd, and I could hear them cheering out. They, they probably definitely realized that I was the wrong, wrong shade as I was far darker than anyone else on stage would have stood out like a sore thumb. Hey, maybe that might have played into my advantage. But it probably didn't because I, I didn't get any sort of placing. I, I, like the top five get, get places and there was about 20 of us and I certainly didn't make the top five. But that's all right, I wasn't doing it for that. I was, I was just doing it for me, really. I wanted to see how how lean I could get and how far I could take take competing because it's it's lifting weights is definitely something that I I love. I don't think I'll I'll compete anywhere anytime soon in the near future, but who knows? Never say never, right? I don't like saying never. And then so we fought it off stage. That was my first division done. Dave had already finished his he he was only competing in one division, so he was he was ready to go and just chill out start eating some food and in between my first and second division there was like a space of about four four hours or something like that so a big group of us like 10 of us all my friends and family all close friends we all went and got a feed by the way thank you guys for coming to support it's much appreciated I, I hope I thanked you on the day and but if not I'm, I thank you all now like I love you all to bits you know who you are and um yeah, we went up the road to this burger shop called Get a Burger and got a massive burger and a massive side of fries. Lots of salt in that feed. So essentially what the idea was is that you compete, if you do your first division, you have one later. Anything you do on the day almost won't affect how you look except what you eat. So the idea of me eating something big was to fill my muscles with glycogen 
and lose a bit of extra water because of all the salt. So I would tighten up and look better for the, the second division show. And that probably didn't work out too well either. I didn't get a place, a placing in the top five in my second division, but that's okay, I was doing it for fun. I changed my color shorts and I went a lighter shade of tan for the, for the next, uh, next division. The funny thing is I didn't really have to remove, oh sorry, I didn't have to change my tan. I just literally got a towel and wiped down about three or four coats uh, off off me because I was that dark I could afford to lose so many shades and second definitely in the second round I looked a lot a lot closer to what the other people looked like but there was certainly room for improvement let me tell you that then afterwards we all all went out for dinner somewhere. I can't really remember where, what we did after, but it was it was good to hang out. It was good to relax. It, would, it had been 12 to 16 weeks of of pretty hardcore diet preparation. Like I had a everywhere I went, I would I would take pre-made meals. I'd go to my girlfriend's house, and I would literally have like five six meals packed. And so anytime that we wanted to go eat somewhere, I would have to work out whether it was in in my diet specifications. So she was an absolute trooper throughout the whole process, supporting me all the way. Thank you, Darcy. And yeah, so that was that was competing. Um, so what did I learn from that? Well, maybe if everyone's doing doing the tan that they're providing, perhaps I should I should jump on that bandwagon. And maybe I don't know. I need to find a league that that supports natural bodybuilding or natural men's physique a bit better than than what the IMBA did. I'm not. I mean, I'm sure they did a great job, but the fact that I was hearing backstage that literally some some competitors in my division had within the last six weeks stopped taking steroids, and I was on the same stage as them. I don't know, it just seemed a little bit unfair, but hey, they looked phenomenal regardless, and I know it's not all just steroids, but anyway, I'm not looking, as I said, I'm not looking to compete in the near future anytime soon, at least for another two to three years, I've, I've, I want to do some growing before that happens, and some, it takes a lot out of you if, you, if you're doing it, it's, it's 12 to 16 weeks minimum of preparation, and you've got to be on point, you got to pretty much all that's all you focus on it's hard to even go out to dinner sometimes and like like I said I'd go to my girlfriend's house and I'd have all the meals my meals ready and she'd be making dinner and I wouldn't be eating the same thing as her it's a sacrifice you make and then at work same thing like I would people would bring in meals for everyone and there'd be food free food and things like that and I would have all these meal prepped and yeah, and then times you're because you're in a calorie deficit, you're you're losing weight, and then you just you get hungry, you get angry, you get tired. Like it's, I at one stage I was probably a bit too too addicted to caffeine for my liking. That's why I haven't really had much since. And then what happened after the competition? So I was really lean, and after my first one, I learnt my lesson to not just start diving into food and 
and binge eating and whatnot because all of that 12 to 16 week prep can be undone in, in the space of a few days or a few weeks or less depending on how hard you go with the food. So, I would say the 12 to 16 weeks after the competition were much more important for me than the, the period leading up. Why is that? Because I spent the next, I would say at least six months reverse dieting. And what does reverse dieting mean? So, if you imagine I was slowly decreasing the amount of calories I would have per day over the preparation period, 12 to 16 weeks. So reverse dieting means slowly increasing my calories back to the level they were when I first started preparing for the competition, but at a much slower rate. So I was just slowly, slowly reintroducing more and more calories uh, until I got to a period of or maintenance or calorie surplus. The reason why I did it slowly is so the body can adjust. Now I know there's studies saying you can't really adjust your metabolism without building muscle mass, so that was that was the goal. I would reverse diet, slowly reintroducing calories whilst also slowly building muscle. And so I competed in May 2015, I was at 71.1 kilograms on stage, and I was fairly lean. I would have been definitely in maybe six, seven percent body fat. And now I'm 76 kilos or 76.2 or something like that. I think that's what I weighed in this morning. And I'm probably about 8, eight to 10% body fat, maybe, maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less, depends. I've, I've never had it measured, to be honest. I just guess and check, like I compare myself to other people or I roughly know, roughly know. I would say single digits at least. Um, and so yeah, reintroducing calories, reverse dieting, and what have I changed in sort of training since then? Well, when I was preparing for the competition, I'd spend one day per body part. So I'd go like legs would be one day, chest one day, back one day, arms one day, shoulders one day. Now, what does my training look like? I focused a lot, at the start of 2016, I had a lot of injuries, so I had some lower back issues, I broke my toe, I, I tore some ligaments in my ankle, it was just a string of injuries and it was all from, I believe, almost all from lack of mobility, maybe not the broken toe because that was just a mistake, I was running along the beach and like Baywatch style and hit a pothole and completely, yeah, my whole body weight went onto my big toe, essentially got stuck in a, in a bit of sand and I chipped I chipped the bone off the side. It was so small, but it was so painful. Apparently, chipping a bone is more painful than, than fracturing it. And now what does my training look like? So I focus at least 50% now on mobility. So me and my, me and my boy Joey, we, we love moving. We love movement in general. And so now before, he's been my main training partner over the past 18 or so months. And before every session, we spend at least 30 minutes stretching, doing yoga, different kinds of body weight exercises. I built a pull-up bar in my backyard. I've actually got a YouTube video on my YouTube channel. Uh, if you search my name in YouTube, Daniel Burke, you'll probably find it there. 
but uh, lots of body weight exercises now, lots of yoga, lots of stretching, uh, just to really focus on mobility because I figured with, with lifting weights and things like that, you're really compressing the muscle and just this is my theory is that if you're compressing the muscle continuously, you have to balance it out with with uh, stretching it out so otherwise it's it's like an accordion muscles are like an accordion they work best when they're elongated and then squeezed elongated and squeezed repeat 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 you're not going to get the best performance out of an accordion that's constantly squeezed and so that's what that's what training looks like for me at the moment what do my like what do I weight day split so mainly it'll just be like one day I'll train legs the next day I'll train upper body, which can involve anything from chest, back, shoulders, arms, usually all of them together. And then I'll have a rest day, and then I'll just keep going again. So essentially I'm training, training each body part more often and making sure to focus on mobility a lot. I have a goal this year. I want to hit a 200 kilo deadlift at around 75 kilo body weight so not adding much more to what I what I weigh now I'm like 76 as I said before so if you if you're lifting or if you're, you're into weightlifting if I had my time again I probably wouldn't do two competitions during my prime years what are the prime years it's it's about 16 to 25 when you have testosterone flowing through your body because spending so long in a calorie deficit is is not great for the body and I would focus a lot more on mobility and virtually I would spend the first at least two years just doing overhead press, so like military press, shoulder press, so that, that kind of exercise, bench press, deadlift and squat, nothing else almost. Maybe a few bits and pieces but literally I would just do that. That's essentially what I'm doing now, I focus on those exercises and then tack on a few little things here and there. What does my nutrition look like? Well. I'll probably have between 3,000 and 4,000 calories a day and I almost eat 80% vegetarian I would say, 80-90% 80, vegetarian. Why? Well because vegetarian diet is probably one of the most healthiest you can do if you do it properly. Vegans probably more healthier if you can do it properly. Not a qualified nutritionist but I do have a, a science degree with a major in nutrition this is just all the research I've read. Make sure you, if you're following some sort of new diet, do your own research, find out what's the best online. Nutritionfacts.org is probably the best resource you could ever go to. Be careful what doctors tell you because their, their pockets have probably been lined with uh, weight loss supplements. If it comes in packaging, it's probably not the best food for you. So think about that. Fresh food is the best, apart from like beans. Beans are often in packages. Uh, where was it going? Yeah, three to four thousand calories. It's it's pretty hard to get that sort of not eating not eating much meat. But I don't eat red meat. I don't eat dairy. I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke cigarettes. And this is all not not never. Like it's just I say that I don't because it's easier than explaining why I don't I I don't do it often. I don't never drink alcohol and I don't never eat dairy and I don't never eat red meat I just avoid it all I say no to it 99% of the time how have I felt after this well I actually did why did I do this well I actually was um, 
every so often, like when I was eating before, before I stopped eating red meat and dairy, I was, I would get like a, a cyst on my face or like a, like some acne every so, every few days I get some sort of weird lump and it would just turn into like a, a cyst, like as if it was a pimple with, with pus coming out and I didn't really like getting them. I know it really didn't mean much to whatever, it doesn't because, yeah, whatever, looks, you know, you know the drill. But it still, it still affects your confidence, it doesn't matter who you are, I suppose, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I don't want that on my face. And so I'm like, alright, I'm going to use my nutrition skills to uh, work out what's causing this and see if it's uh, food based. Because I was using all these sort of face washes and I'm pretty sure my skin was fairly clean. So I read online that it could be due to saturated fat and dairy intake and so I just completely cut them out of my diet and I pretty much haven't had one since. So I'm a big advocate for high fruit, high vegetable diet, little saturated fat. What is saturated fat in? It's in mostly meats, red meat, lean chicken breast doesn't have that much, fish doesn't have that much, Uh, dairy I just completely cut out. You don't need dairy. Humans haven't evolved to fully digest dairy. When you're a baby, you you have the the enzyme lactase in your in your stomach to digest the mother's milk, but then it, it fades away once you stop breastfeeding, and it it doesn't doesn't increase your entire life until you die. It's it in fact it it decreases. But the more you drink milk, the sort of you you keep the the lactase enzymes in your stomach. If you stop having dairy though, they, they start to completely go away. So you can effectively make yourself lactose intolerant uh, by not having dairy for a long long period of time. Because the lactase enzymes will just disappear because they don't need to exist. Body's very good at getting rid of what it doesn't need. It doesn't need doesn't need extra muscle mass either. So if you stop stop lifting weights and stop eating the right foods, well, your muscles will go away too. So most days I'll have, yeah, three to 4,000 calories, something like 150 grams of protein, 150 to 200, and then somewhere like 400 grams of carbs and 100 to 130 grams of fats. Mostly from fats, mostly from nuts and oils, protein from like egg whites, beans, rice. I'll have chicken breast sometimes, fish sometimes. Carbs from like just all different vegetables and rice fruits, but don't eat much bread, I try to avoid bread, but um, yeah, I find I don't even, I don't even crave those, those foods, western type foods anymore, like pizza, McDonald's, all those sort of fast foods, you, you know, drive down any main street, anything, anything like that, don't crave them anymore, I used to a lot, uh, when I finished competition and I was on a calorie deficit and I was trying to reverse diet, I used to crave them something fierce. I used to scroll through Instagram and look at pictures of burgers. It was it was an eating disorder, that's for sure. Just undiagnosed, but now I look back, I definitely had some sort of eating disorder. Because I'd just fascinate, I'd be fascinated by donuts and things like that. Now, you eat a certain way for a long enough period of time, your the bacteria in your gut change to get used to that type of food. And that's where I feel I'm at. My back, the bacteria in my, my gut are just so used to eating the way I do, which is no sugar, no crap virtually, uh, that I don't crave any other food. But I find that if I did have some of the other food, I mean, it tastes good, 
And then all of a sudden, like the next few days, I'd be craving that food again because the, the gut bacteria would just come back and they're like, hey, give us this type of food. We like that food. So there's a, there's a really good book called Gut by Julia Anders, which talks all about this. I'd highly recommend it. Essentially, science is, is starting to realize that, well, here's a fact, that you have more bacteria in your body than you do your own cells. That's a fact. And they're starting to realize how big an influence the the gut, like bacteria, have on on the way you function, or even on the way you think, on the way you you eat and stuff like that. So, your your body may even have two brains: one in your gut and one in your head. Not conclusive yet, but there's some some very good evidence and very good research in this area uh, emerging over the past few years, and you can find it all online. So I've gone off a bit of a tangent here, but that's essentially where I'm at with my fitness journey. I did Spartan Race the other day with little to no training except just lifting weights and doing doing sport, playing dodgeball and things like that. And I, I did 16Ks and 40 obstacles and I'm pretty fine now. So I regard myself as fairly, fairly fit right now. I'm probably the fittest I've ever been in my life. And there's no secret, it's just turning up every day. As I said in a previous episode, consistency always wins. I think I've said enough throughout this fitness journey to, uh, to sort of give you an idea where I'm at. I'll probably end this three-part series with this episode. So before I start rambling on, I just like to say, say thank you to everyone that's been listening. I had a massive day yesterday. It was the most listens I've, I've had on any any given day. I had 60 total listens across all the episodes, which is absolutely phenomenal. Again, I'm extremely grateful for all the feedback everyone's been giving. I'm loving, loving making podcasts. I get excited. I get excited every day of, of that fact that I get to get to create something like this. I've been wanting to create it for so long. And I'll be definitely getting some people on the show in the near future. The the enthusiasm from everyone after I've said, hey, you should come on my show has been incredible. So I'm going to have some yeah, really cool people coming on. Wherever you are, I hope you're having an awesome day. If you learned something new, make sure you share it with someone. Remember, consistency always wins. You can find me at mrdburke.com. My email is daniel at mrdburke.com. I don't do social media whatsoever at the moment. Maybe in the future. No promises. But I'll see you tomorrow. Catch you later.